It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast for week seven already. I mean, we will be halfway through this thing before you know it. And if you're looking for a place to place your online wagers... It's betonline.ag using the code PODCAST1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus today. I'm looking to get back on the winning track in our Fantasy Feast season-long league. Evan took my first L in Week 6, and it was a major L. I am now 5-1. and one. I got smoked. It always makes me feel a little bit better when I get crushed rather than if it was just like a one-point Bad loss or whatever. Uh, Evan, of course, his Twitter handles at Ross Tucker NFL. He is an excellent, excellent tweeter. Uh, I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Did I just say, Evan, that you were at Ross Tucker NFL? He's at Evan Silva on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. My bad. Former NFL offensive lineman, classic journeyman, five teams, seven years. Uh, got a chance to start like 25 games, playing about 45 or whatever. Uh, a lot of coaches, nine head coaches, nine offensive line coaches. But that's not why you're here. You're here because Evan Silva is simply the best and his encyclopedic knowledge of every single fantasy player in every single game is unbelievable and helps you set your lineups, help you make decisions moving forward and kind of track how your guys are really performing. Speaking, by the way, of tracking things, for those of you like me or my wife or whatever that have small businesses, it is rough right now trying to find the right candidates for jobs. And I was just talking with my wife about this they're looking to hire a couple people, and it's just tough. I mean, it's a, it's, it is a employee's market right now. A lot of companies out there looking to hire, which is why you need to go to the next level. You need ZipRecruiter. Look, there are a lot of job sites out there. ZipRecruiter is the one that aggregates almost all of those job sites into one place and ZipRecruiter is the one that actually identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job and then actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why it's rated number one by employers in the U.S. Here's the key. ZipRecruiter.com slash feast and you can try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash feast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash feast. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Next meal. Next meal. Let's dive into the Thursday nighter. Not exactly appetizing, I guess, Evan. It's the Broncos at the cards. Yeah. Broncos are 26th in the NFL in scoring. Cardinals are 31st. You know, this game has the lowest total on the entire slate, so not particularly exciting. Uh, but 
David Johnson. It, it is a good spot for David Johnson. Uh, the Broncos have just been getting shredded in run defense three weeks in a row now. And, um, I mean, they're, they have given up 7.6 yards per carry uh, to opposing running backs during that span. You know, they John Elway, their GM, came out called the defense soft. I mean, he's, he's fed up with their performance. Of course, he put together the team. So, you know, at least some of the, the blame, uh, you know, g- goes to him. Uh, but, I mean, this is maybe the best position that David Johnson is going to find himself for the rest of the year. It's a very winnable game. Uh, the Cardinals are at home. Uh, they're facing a bad run defense. So, uh, and, and uh, David Johnson has gotten 20 or more touches in all three of Josh Rosen's starts so far. Uh, Josh Rosen has been the quarterback 23, quarterback 27, quarterback 25 through three starts. This Broncos defense, as we discussed last week, just don't think it's very good. Uh, But Josh Rosen has not been productive individually. So he's really just a two quarterback league option. Um, The best place to attack the Broncos defense other than uh, on the ground Uh, is that outside cornerback where Bradley Roby has been um, awful and uh, the the other uh, outside cornerback position has been manned by either Tremaine Brock or Adam Pacman Jones and neither of them have been healthy or effective. Uh, We've seen Robbie Anderson, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods last week, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Marshall have all had pretty big games against the Broncos as perimeter receivers. Uh, Christian Kirk has been the Cardinals' best perimeter receiver, uh, running 60% of his routes outside. Uh, so he is he's a guy to play on like uh, the single-game DFS slates against Denver. Larry Fitzgerald, again, I, we talked about this last week. I think that something is up with his health, has not reached 40 yards since week one, uh, playing 80% of his snaps in the slot. So that means that he's going to be going against Chris Harris a lot in this game. Chris Harris has been as elite as ever uh, as the Broncos slot corner. Um, Chad Williams is the Cardinals' other outside receiver, and uh, the Vikings actually shadowed him last week with Xavier Rhodes. Uh, he has been held below 25 yards in all six games. Um, so I think that he is, and he's drawn four targets or fewer in five of six games. I think that he is a guy worth mentioning for the single game DFS slates, uh, but certainly not someone that we're trying to play in normal fantasy leagues. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, I think, is. Uh, a sneaky dude here uh, to play as, as a sleeper. Broncos have allowed the six most yards to tight ends. Uh, and this week, Ricky Seals-Jones uh, popped up as uh, the, the number two by low tight end in Ricky in uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's uh, air yards model. So um, getting, getting opportunity, underperforming it, uh, but a good matchup for him here. Uh, and, and I think that he is in a great play on the single game DFS slates. On the other side, uh, worried about the Broncos offense very much here. You know, they are missing. Uh, they just lost Ronald Leary, 
Uh, maybe they're probably their best run-blocking offensive lineman. Torres Achilles, they've been without Gerald, Jared Velda here uh, due to a knee injury for several weeks. Garrett Bowles has really struggled on the blind side. The Cardinals do not have a lot of strengths uh, as a team, uh, but they can rush the passer. They are um, number five in sacks and number nine in quarterback hit rate. So uh, do not have high hopes here for Case Keenum. Don't want my fantasy quarterbacks under pressure, especially if they are already kind of shaky plays, and that that's how Case Keenum uh, would qualify. I think that Demarius Thomas gets shadowed in this game by Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson has uh, started to shadow again. Uh, number one receivers on the outside. Uh, he did so to Stephon Diggs last week, held him to uh, 33 yards and, and no TDs. Adam Thielen, of course, goes off in the slot. So similar dynamic could very easily play out here with Emmanuel Sanders, who plays uh, the, the majority of his snaps in, in the slot. Uh, and it's concerning for Demarius Thomas. Uh, at running back, it, it remains a three-way you know, RBBC. Devontae Booker does not get a lot of touches, but he's playing 33% of the snaps. And you know that pulls usage away from Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay. The, the matchup is good, uh, in theory, against the Cardinals. Cardinals have given up the most rushing attempts in the NFL. Uh, they have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs in the NFL by a pretty wide margin. Um, and they've allowed 10 touchdowns in six games uh, to opposing RBs. But, you know, the, the RBBC remains, and, um, you know, the, that really lowers the touch and usage projections for those involved. Royce Freeman is going to continue to be a touchdown or bus guy. Philip Lindsay uh, probably going to continue to hover in that 13 to 16 touches per game range. Uh, as a lower-end RB2 slash flex play. Um, last guy, uh, last two guys worth mentioning are Cortland Sutton. Uh, he, his, his usage has gone down. He, was, uh, he actually led the Broncos in air yards in sep- the month of September, uh, but he has not uh, been used as heavily over the last couple of games. 53% of the snaps last week, 30 routes, both season lows. Uh, for Cortland Sutton. I do think that we will see him a lot more in this game, and he is a guy to play on the single game DFS slates for sure still, uh, but not in our our regular fantasy leagues. Jeff Hoyerman, um, he's getting targets, uh, and he actually leads the Broncos in uh, red zone targets with eight and targets inside the 10-yard line with five. Uh, Last week, Case Keenum just kept on missing him. And uh, so he had 23 yards on six targets. But uh, he ran a season-high 36 routes in that game. He played 88% of the snaps. Um, Not the worst streamer. Definitely not a fun guy to play, though. And it it still seems like uh, Case Keenum is not on the same page with him. We can move on to the next one. Next game. By the way, it's Hireman, just so you know. Hireman. Hireman? Hoyerman? Yeah, Hireman, Jeff Hireman. The uh, the next game, Titans, Chargers, and I will be there, Evan, across the pond in London. What do you have for 
the Titans and the Chargers. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the the Titans. I mean, this this is a pretty lopsided game on paper. You know, the the Titans have lost two games in a row. Uh, they have failed to score twenty points in five of six games. The set the game sets up well in theory on paper uh, as a game that the Chargers should control. Again, Titans have scored. 12 points or fewer in three of their last four. Their, their offense is is a problem right now, and Marcus Mariota uh, is a problem, and we'll get more into that uh, in a second. Uh, but the, the Titans have allowed the six most rushing yards in the NFL to opposing running backs. Melvin Gordon has nine TDs through six games, 20-plus touches in three straight. Elite fantasy play should be a staple in uh, cash game lineups that include this game on uh, the slate. His his yards per carry is way up uh, from his previous career average. He's at 5.12 this year, um, and his previous career yards per carry was 3.8. Um, so I, I really and I, I don't think that it's a fluke. I think that it's genuine improvement from Melvin Gordon in addition to improvement uh, from the Chargers' offensive line. Austin Eckler, with Melvin Gordon rolling, they've backed off Austin Eckler a little bit recently. Seven touches in three of the last four games. Um, And the Titans have allowed the third fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs. So not super high on Austin Eckler as a flex play this week. Not a terrible one, uh, but certainly not a great one based on his recent involvement. Uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, I, I just don't think that you, ideally, you want your quarterbacks to be playing in games where the opposing quarterback uh, can can push the pace and put pressure on uh, the offense to respond. Uh, this game really sets up as a Melvin Gordon game and less so uh, as a, a Phillip Rivers game. Uh, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in just one of six starts. Titans have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points per game uh, to quarterbacks. Keenan Allen... Uh, has you know he had over a hundred total yards thanks to four rushing attempts last week. Uh, the Titans have been really good in slot coverage. Logan Ryan is is uh, probably their most consistent cornerback. Adoree Jackson probably their their most talented, uh, but they have been really stingy against slot receiver Nelson Aguilar had five for twenty two, held D.D. Westbrook to three for thirty one, Danny Amendola four for twenty six. Uh, Willie Snead had seven catches, but only 60 yards uh, as slot receivers facing the Titans. Uh, Keenan Allen does play outside enough, and uh, it's about half and half. And um, I think that he's an every week starter still, uh, but I'm lowering expectations a little bit. I still think he's one of the best buy lows in fantasy. He did this last year where he started off kind of slow in the first six, seven games, uh, and then he was a, uh, a true difference maker the rest of the way. It's just that the Chargers keep running into these opponents that are not scoring opponents, are, are not scoring points against them. You know, the the Bills, uh, the Titans this week. Uh, but in, in, on the back half of their schedule, they will be more challenged. Um, last week, Tyrell Williams just went off. I mean, roughhouse Demarius Randall, the, the Browns' free safety, for a 45-yard touchdown. Had another score 29 yards out. But he had four targets, 
and he has five or fewer targets in every game. So it's not like something changed last week. It's just that, you know, he got the opportunities and he capitalized. And, you know, it, it's it, it's really chasing points, um, you know, unless something changes uh, in, in that passing game distribution. Antonio Gates has not even flirted w- with being a fantasy factor so far. Titans have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Kevin Byard, uh, one of the best safeties in the league, often gets matched up with the opposing tight end, and you don't want anything to do with Antonio Gates. Mike Williams uh, has seen fewer than five targets in four of the last five games. Ran a season-low 17 routes last week against the Browns. Just a completely touchdown-dependent wide receiver four at this point. Uh, I, I had higher hopes for him earlier in the season, but uh, you know, he, he, his, his involvement in the, in the passing game really has not gone up, and it's gone down. Uh, Marcus Mariota, again, took 11 sacks among 26 dropbacks last week, and you know, a lot of the sacks were on him. I mean, he's holding the ball in the pocket, and um, he, he's not a comfortable player right now. And I don't think that he's, you know, he's nothing more than a low-end two-quarterback league starter. Um, the Chargers' pass rush has started to pick things up since they got Corey Legit back from suspension. They're up to 12th in the NFL in sacks. And they're top five in quarterback hit rate. Uh, just two of six quarterbacks have finished as top 16 uh, fantasy producers so far against the Chargers, uh, and I think the Chargers' defense is very much a strong play here. Uh, Derrick Henry, 11 touches or fewer in three straight games, still zero touchdowns on the season. I mean, the Titans' offense as a unit is not scoring points, so can't say we're, you know, we're surprised about that. Uh, in hindsight, uh, Deion Lewis lost a fumble in week five, uh, and then he saw seven touches, his fewest of the season in week six. Um, so really trying to avoid using these guys um, uh, in the, uh, the the receiver core. Corey Davis almost certainly is going to get the Casey Hayward treatment. And Casey Hayward got off to a slow start this season, but he has really started to shut down everything in sight. Uh, he shadowed uh, Antonio Callaway. By the way, last week he shut down Amari uh, Cooper, um, Pierre Garcon. So, uh, you know, this this puts Corey Davis in a relatively risky position. He's been held below 65 yards in all but one game so far this season. Um, I think that if you're looking for a sleeper dart throw here, it would be Taewon Taylor. I uh, played a season high 75% of the snaps in week six. And if you look at the receivers that have had the most success against the Chargers, speed-based guys, Tyreek Kill, Martavis Bryant, Brandon Cooks, Damian Ratley last week of the Browns, went 6-for-82, led the Browns in receiving. Uh, Taewon Taylor runs 4-4-5. He is the Titans' best speed-based receiver. We can move on to the next one. Patriots at the Bears. Bears defense got torched by Brock Osweiler. I was not expecting that, Evan. Yeah, you were there. Um, 
that that must have been fun to watch. No, no, I wasn't uh, there. Oh, I thought you were there. Okay, okay. No, Sorry. no, I wasn't there. I just I watched it on TV and was uh, su- surprised. They also got run over by Frank yeah. Gore. I mean, it was a really bad day for the Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the first thing that we can point to was the fact that um first of all, what a crazy day. Like in in Denver it was in the 20s. In Miami it was 100 and uh, they wound up playing 79 snaps in the game. The, the Bears' defense wound up playing 79 snaps. It went into overtime. And just, you know, I mean, it was cold that day in Chicago. Um, so I can't even imagine what it, what it would have felt like uh, to be in 100-degree weather uh, like that. And I think that that probably played a big role. Khalil Mack got banged up during the game. Now the bears have to bounce back and play the Patriots. Um, and I wonder, you know, what kind of a toll that a game like that is going to take on their body because on their bodies, because they play 59 snaps per game in weeks one through four, and then they play 20 snaps more than usual. Uh, in this particular game, it goes to overtime. They're playing in the heat. Uh, Bobby Massey, their right tackle, he said that he lost 12 pounds during the game. Um, so, you know, that that kind of, I mean, the Bears have been an awesome defense. I think that they've been the best defense in football for, you know, most of the season. But um, I think that this provides some optimism here for, for Tom Brady to have a, a, a better-than-expectation game in a spot like this and in a matchup like this for Sony Michelle, uh, who, by the way, is already up to third in the NFL and carries inside the 10 yard line really wasn't even a factor in their first two or three games. This game's got a, a very high total uh, for 49 points. Um, so uh, it's one of the highest on the week. So definitely like to invest uh, in, in games with high totals. Um, you look if you watch the the Patriots games uh, on the other side. If you watch the Patriots games and how offenses are attacking them, um, they are really going after Dante Hightower uh, in pass coverage. And I think the the Bears can do that with Matt Nagy. Uh, the the Bears have used uh, Tarek Cohen to uh, attack specific matchups. So far, particularly in that Tampa Bay game uh, before the week four bye. And last week, uh, Tarek Cohen came back off the bye, had 12 touches, played more snaps than Jordan Howard. I think that um, Tarek Cohen is back in the mix as uh, an every week RB2 slash flex play after getting off to a pretty slow start. He's got 20 and 12 touches in the last two games. Uh, and the Patriots have given up the fifth most receiving yards to running back. So, um, and also Terry Cohen last week, he scored a 21-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, he had another would-be touchdown negated by uh, a pass interference flag on Trey Burton. So it uh, was really close to a truly monster game. Did end up having a big game. Uh, but I think that he this is a great, great matchup for him. Jordan Howard, season low, 51% of the snaps. Season low, 10 routes run last week. Clearly just a touchdown or bust guy at this point. I had higher hopes 
for Jordan Howard entering the season. Uh, but, you know, those hopes have diminished. Uh, and, you know, his, his involvement really has gone down every single week. Mitchell Trubisky, you know, it, it doesn't always look pretty w- with him, but he um, he has now been a top five fantasy quarterback in back-to-back starts, uh, over 10 yards per attempt in back-to-back starts. Um, there's a lot of talent around him. You know, that, that was the, the really the calling card for Mitchell Trubisky entering the season, uh, and it's starting to come to fruition. And I think that Matt Dangy has done a great job with the Bears' offense. Patriots simply cannot rush the passer. 25th in quarterback hit rate, dead last in the NFL in sacks. Um, you know, I think that Mitchell, and Mitchell Trubisky is top five among quarterbacks in rushing yards. Um, while the Patriots have given up the ninth most rushing yards in the NFL to quarterbacks. So I think that Mitchell Trubisky is, and I know this is weird to say, but I think that he is a safe, high-floor, high-ceiling quarterback play, and he should be very popular this week in daily fantasy. Uh, Allen Robinson leads the Bears in targets, air yards, red zone targets. I think he is an every-week starter, and um, – you know, as a wide receiver three, uh, I do think he is going to get shadowed by Stefan Gilmore in this game. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, Stefan Gilmore has been targeted 32 times this season, has allowed a 47% completion rate, 5.2 yards per attempt when offenses are targeting him. So uh, that is a, a, at least a, a, a mild concern for Allen Robinson's matchup. But again, I still think that. Um, based on how much, how many balls he is getting, and uh, the high-scoring nature of this game's projection, uh, Allen Robinson should be in uh, the vast majority of fantasy lineups. Taylor Gabriel is, is the dude, though. Uh, he actually has more air yards than Allen Robinson over the Bears' last three games. He's top twelve in the NFL in that category. Um, he has four targets inside the ten-yard line. Uh, that leads the Bears as a team. You don't think of Taylor Gabriel as a guy who might command a huge um, scoring position uh, target share, but he is getting that. Uh, and, I mean, he took this Dolphins cornerback, Tory McTire, to school last week so badly the Dolphins had to bench Tory McTire and uh, insert Cordrea Tankersley. Taylor Gabriel is rolling. He's, he has massive big playability. This game, you know, projects as a potential shootout. Um, I think Taylor Gabriel should be a staple in fantasy football lineups, and I think that he is still vastly underrated uh, by by the general public. Uh, Trey Burton has been a fringe tight end one. Um, He has topped 50 yards in or uh, scored a touchdown in four straight games, scored a touchdown on a nine-yard diving nine-yard shovel pass. Last week, I think that you know he's just just on that fringe, uh, but you lean toward playing him um, in a higher scoring game such as this. Anthony Miller came back from his shoulder injury last week, scored a 29-yard touchdown, was just left wide open on the play. Um, he is three, three, five, and four targets in four appearances so far this year. So um, he's got to get it done on low volume, and that is difficult. Uh, we talked a, a, a little bit earlier about Sony Michelle, Tom Brady. Um, you know, the matchup really on paper doesn't look great for anyone. 
I mean, you know, you, you look at James White, uh, Bears have allowed 18 running back receptions. That's the fewest in the NFL. So, you know, these are all like fade matchup plays and bet on talent, bet on the Patriots offense, bet on, you know, the game's high total um, as opposed to, you know, great, like, you know, where this is this is not a situation where, um, you know, the defense is like particularly vulnerable beyond what we saw last week. Josh Gordon's usage went way up in week six, 81 percent of the snaps. Um, he's a full time player now. Uh, and, you know, I think that any time that you can get Josh Gordon as a full time player with Tom Brady, uh, nine targets last week. I think that he should be in fantasy lineups. Wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Vic Fangio, Bears defensive coordinator. Um, uh, when they played Jimmy Graham in week one, double teamed in the entire game, held him to eight scoreless yards. Uh, I think that there's a possibility they could do the same to Gronkowski here. However, um, you know, Josh Gordon being on the team, I think, reduces those chances. Uh, and if Khalil Mack is or if he's out, uh, that can reduce the amount of blocking that Rob Gronkowski will have to do. He wound up blocking a lot uh, in last week's game, uh, and we would rather have him running pass routes. Uh, the, the I would say the best matchup uh, in the passing game against the Bears is uh, for slot receivers. Randall Cobb, Tyler Lockett, Danny Amendola. Um, you know, these guys have had pretty big games against the Bears as slot receivers. That bodes well for Julian Edelman. Philip Dorsett ran three routes last week. Chris Hogan ran 32. Chris Hogan is the number five passing game option behind uh, James White, Gronkowski, you know, Josh Gordon, and Edelman. So he's going to be highly, highly inconsistent. Um, but I still think that he's worth rostering in fantasy leagues as an every down player in the Patriots offense. And we can move on to the next one. All right. The next Sunday, one o'clock game, the bills without Josh Allen, uh, as of when we're recording this Wednesday, nine forty-eight. we don't even know who their quarterback will be. Yeah. And the Colts who still have injuries, but they found a way to be somewhat productive offensively. I was just really disappointed in their defense against the jets a week ago. Yeah, yeah, agree on all that. And I have skipped over this game uh, to this point because of all the injury uncertainty. I would say that um, Colts' defense, and although they kind of got torched last week, they've actually gotten torched in three straight games, uh, Colts' defense is going to be worth firing up as a streamer this week against the Bills. Uh, they have given up a ton of points recently, but... The number one thing that we need to be concerned about in fantasy is um, interception potential uh, and sacks. Uh, and they've gotten a lot of sacks this year. Uh, and you know if they're playing against Nathan Pick Peterman or uh, Derek Anderson, who was just signed off the street. I mean, they are going to be in position to catch some balls uh, from the opposing quarterback. So um, you know that that definitely stands out. Um, Andrew Luck, I mean, his ability to succeed with just garbage around him uh, has been super, super impressive. 
I mean, he's out here throwing a Zach Pascal and Marcus Johnson and Mo Alley Cox. Um, you know, hopefully they get back T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle soon. But again, you know, the beat writers have not been optimistic about uh, those guys returning soon. It did not seem like the, either of those guys were close last week. Eric Ebron has been an unbelievable monster uh, with, you know, a ton of opportunity. And I expect that to continue as long as Jack Doyle is out. Marlon Mack came back last week from his hamstring injury. Looks really good. Uh, Naheem Hines actually played more snaps in the game, but uh, he dropped an early goal line touchdown, and really they did not feed him the rest of the way. Uh, Marlon Mack should be grabbed everywhere, uh, and I think you know this is a, one of the best spots that he could get all season. Colts are significant home favorites against the Bills, um, and you know he made it through last week unscathed. unscathed with the hamstring injury, um, but you know, unfortunately, just don't don't know enough about the injury situations to talk about this game a whole lot more. We can move on to the next one. Yeah, and I, I just I also thought I know you touched on it, but the running backs for the Colts unbelievably disappointing last week. Mac the pick six, Naeem Hines in the end zone, they killed yeah. Luck. How about how about the Texans? And the Jags, two strange three and three teams. Yeah, this is another game where um, we've got some injury uncertainty. I don't know if Leonard Fournette uh, has a chance to play here. Um, there, you know, he he was rumored to be in danger of sitting out until week ten, uh, but then there was a report last week that he was targeting week seven, uh, and we're of course on week seven now, so. I don't know, you know, what to think about that, uh, but you know, obviously, like if he's uh, if he's out, then T.J. Yeldon becomes a strong play uh, against the Texans. Texans have actually been great in run defense, but um, the, the usage would be so good for T.J. Yeldon, but then uh, he becomes an immediate RB two. The way to really attack the Texans is in the passing game, and. You know, Blake Bortles is just wildly up and down, you know, both on the field and in the fancy box score. He's had some actually monster games uh, so far this season, uh, but he's also been just atrocious uh, at times on the field. Um, So high variance for sure, but good matchup. And when Leonard Fournette has been out, uh, his fantasy box score results have been uh, pretty consistently strong um, with uh, just a couple of um, exceptions. Uh, the receiver core for Jacksonville is really tough to figure out w- week to week because, you know, you have uh, Dante Moncrief and Dee Westbrook and Keelan Cole, all, you know, good uh, at certain things, uh, but their usage is all like really tightly bunched together. Uh, so, you know, but one thing I do like to play is um, speed receivers against the Texans. Uh, and so D.D. Westbrook would fit that bill. I think that Keelan Cole also can qualify there um, as a sort of inside-outside receiver for the Jags. Uh, at, at tight end, you know, Austin Severian Jenkins goes on IR. Niles Paul goes out of last week's game. Uh, and I think that uh, he is uh, potentially out for the season. 
And um, James, that leaves James O'Shaughnessy, uh, former Chiefs draft pick. He should be a full-time player in this situation. He's minimum price uh, on daily fantasy sites and uh, a guy that I wanted to mention. Uh, Deshaun Watson heading to Jacksonville for, you know, to face this team that like just got embarrassed uh, in Dallas last week. I mean, their pass rush didn't show up at all. They're now they're going back home. This is really a classic bounce back spot for the Jaguars. I think that they eat here. Um, and really, you know, Deshaun Watson is a hard guy to, to bench in fantasy leagues because his upside is so great. His floor is typically uh, really, really strong. Uh, but, you know, there there are, are uh, streamers this week that I would consider playing over Deshaun Watson. I think that the Jaguars uh, really, really bounce back in a strong way in this game uh, defensively. Uh, and I would be excited to play their defense against this just abysmal Texans pass protection unit. Uh, I think the, the Jaguars end up getting a ton of sacks in this game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's so good, man. I mean, he you know he gets shadowed by Tre'Davious White last week, still comes through. I mean, he you know first of all, Deshaun Watson is willing to target him when he is quote unquote covered. Uh, which really, really helps, um, and then he can win contested catches. So that really makes him like a matchup-proof dude. And uh, he produced against the Jags last last year, uh, even though you know this is not a good matchup for him. He's almost certainly going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. Um, but you know you got to got to keep rolling with him. I would lower expectations a little bit, but you got to keep rolling with him. Uh, Will Fuller looked healthy. Last week, that is good news. The matchup is not strong for him, but Will Fuller has, you know, take the top off kind of ability. I'd probably downgrade him from a wide receiver two to wide receiver three uh, this week, but I try to keep him in my lineup. Kiki QT. Now he he becomes really really interesting here. We saw what Cole Beasley did against the Jags last week. Um, the way to attack the Jags is at slot corner, uh, where they signed DJ Hayden. He's been hurt. Um, his backup, Tyler Patman, you know, Dak Prescott talked about. They, he had, Tyler Patman has been in Cowboys camp before, and they were like, you know, we know we can go after that dude. Uh, and they did with a lot of success with Cole Beasley, uh, Cole Beasley's career best game. Um, so that makes Kiki QT uh, very interesting as a fantasy play this week and uh, in the backfield, you know, just going to continue to anticipate a timeshare between Alfred Miller and I'm sorry, Alfred blue and Lamar Miller um, limiting each other's fantasy appeal. We can move on to the next one. All right. It's the lions coming off a bye. They're heading down to Miami where we don't know what the deal is with the quarterback. We just know that the dolphins, did get a nice day from Frank Gore. I wrote about that in my column. They've got some old running backs, mm-hmm. Peterson, Gore, Marshawn Lynch, for the athletic, doing some things this year. And they got some really, really fast receivers. I mean, Albert Wilson's fun to watch. Yeah, he, he really is. Um, 
And, you know, the Dolphins at times are fun to watch. But like you said, you know, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be here. I I tend to think it's going to be Brock Osweiler, the way that Adam Gase has been talking recently. Um, I It's really hard to chase Brock Osweiler points. Um, you know, I, I think that in all likelihood, based on what we have seen in his career – Although, you know, we went through a similar thing earlier in the year with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But based on what we have seen from Brock Osweiler in his career, expect him to not play well. Um, you know, I, I think that he's a two-quarterback league guy, and that's really it. You know, and Albert Wilson rips a couple of long touchdowns last week, and we've seen him do that sporadically this season. But, you know, again, chasing those big plays has not paid fantasy dividends. And, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, like this is a, still a run-based, you know, low-volume offense where no one is getting a lot of targets. Um, so Albert Wilson is just a risky wide receiver three. Um, the same goes for Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills almost certainly catches Darius Slay in this one. Um, in the backfield, as you mentioned, Frank Gore was awesome last week. I mean, he went over 100 rushing yards against the Bears. Um, he's still like a low-end flex option against Detroit. The Lions have been bad in run defense, though, uh, but Frank Gore really not involved in the passing game. The, the, Miami, the, the Dolphins have gotten to the point where, like, can't even really expect rushing attempts, uh, very many rushing attempts for Kenyon Drake anymore. Uh, they're just using him as a space back, as a satellite back, um, and he's catching passes. So there's a clear de- delineation here where Kenyon Drake is, you know, your PPR starter, and Frank Gore is your non-PPR flex option. Um, Nick O'Leary. Four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown last week. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to pick him up, but that um, kind of speaks to the lack of usability of Mike Jasicki, the Dolphins' rookie tight end. On the other side, um, you know, I think that it's a, a good matchup largely across the board for the uh, for the Lions. You know, not really intimidating uh, defense. I mean, definitely not a bad defense, but not, like, intimidating. Uh, the, the problem is that we have a three-way backfield that the Lions continue to insist uh, will not change. And um, we have, like, we don't really know who Xavier uh, Howard is going to chase in this game. I think that they, the, the Dolphins should put him on Galladay, on Kenny Galladay. I think that Kenny Galladay at this point is the Lions' most dangerous receiver. Um, but, you know, he could get put on uh, Marvin Jones as well. So just starting all three of their receive, all, all three of the Lions' receivers, they've, been, they've all been really good this year. Um, and then, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think, is a, a below-average fantasy play this week. I have him. Uh, in a couple of leagues, I'm looking at streamers uh, to play ahead of him. Uh, but if I don't get the streamers that I want, I won't think that 
uh, Matthew Stafford is, is a bad play, but I do think that I can uh, do a little bit better. Carry um, on Johnson, unfortunately, you know, because of this rotation that the Lions seem committed to, really just a flex option. We can move on to the next one. All right, it's the Vikings at the Jets. Both teams doing some pretty good things offensively. Adam Thielen's trying to be my new Antonio Brown in terms of the most consistent skill guy receiver. And Darnold and the Jets, that's two in a row. I wasn't i wasn't expecting them to do it twice in a row. Yeah, uh, Darnold has been balling, man. Five touchdown passes the last two weeks, uh, over nine yards per attempt in each of them. Um you know, they, they have uh, shown some ability to get the ball downfield in recent weeks. They had two brutal matchups back-to-back at Cleveland on a short week at Jacksonville uh, and then uh, went back home for two in a row and just knocked them out of the park, Broncos and the Colts. Um, and their offense is, is rolling. I mean, they are number 11 in the NFL in scoring right now. Um, that doesn't mean that Sam Darnold has been great in fantasy, though. He has been... Uh, he has not been a top 12 quarterback in any game so far. Um, I think that he probably comes back down a little bit to earth this week against the Vikings. Vikings have not been their defensive selves of old, uh, but they have been still solid. And I think that they're getting better, you know, uh, progressively uh, being able to like work around their deficiencies and, you know, kind of learning about the, themselves and dealing uh, with the the losses of guys like Everson Griffin. Um, so I think that Sam Darnold is a, a mid-range to low-end two-quarterback league play. Uh, Isaiah Crowell had the monster week five game, um, missed a ton of practice time last week with an ankle injury. I thought that he did not look right uh, in the game, did not look as quick and explosive uh, and um, you know, couldn't get himself out of trouble. Like when, when there were when there were guys around him, he he couldn't get around him. He couldn't win. Fifteen touches on forty one percent of the snaps. Uh, Bilal Powell had sixteen touches on forty five percent of the snaps. This is not a good matchup for either guy. Vikings have allowed one rushing touchdown to opposing RBs through six games and three point eight yards per carry. Trying to get these guys out of my lineup where I can. Uh, Vikings have also allowed the third fewest receptions to opposing running backs. Quincy Anun was high ankle sprain. Um, that makes the Jets' three receiver set likely to be uh, Robbie Anderson for sure on the outside, Jermaine Curse for sure at slot receiver, and probably Terrell Pryor at uh, the third perimeter, at the third receiver on the outside. Um, Terrell Pryor actually played really well last week. This is one week after he scored. A, he ran two routes, and, he, and on one of them he scored a 20-yard touchdown. Last week he had another big-time touchdown, man. I mean, runs a stop route from the slot, you know, scores from seven yards out, takes a big hit. Um, you know, that's a good play by a wide receiver. Um, the thing is we don't know who Xavier Rhodes is going to chase on the outside. It will either be – Robbie Anderson or Terrell Pryor. Um, I think it could be either of those guys. You know, Terrell Pryor's got the size, uh, and Robbie Anderson has the speed. Curse, actually, I think is the best fantasy play here this week. Um, 
going to get a lot of Mackenzie Alexander, who has been a, a pretty consistent liability uh, at slot corner for the Vikings. Uh, Mike Hughes tore his ACL. Hate this for for um, a really promising uh, young rookie cornerback, uh, but him being out that that locks in Mackenzie Alexander as the Vikings full time slot corner. And, uh, that's a matchup that I think the Jets can take advantage of to some extent. Curse, of course, coming off a ten target, nine catch game. Uh, I think that he should be owned in all PPR leagues. I know he's not like a, a sexy player. But um, he's going to get a lot of work. Um, the, the tight end situation, you know, Chris Herndon uh, has shown he's flashed uh, for sure. And last week, Jeremy Bates got him. Jeremy Bates, by the way, I, I've, I've gone, I keep going back and forth on him uh, as whether I think he's doing a good job. But I think that he progressively, um, I think, is doing a better job. I mean, they were getting dudes wide open last week against – the Colts and one of them that stood out was on the Chris Herndon 32 yard touchdown. Uh, unfortunately he only ran seven routes all game played well behind Neil Sterling who ran 20 routes and pretty much did nothing. Uh, but really can't invest in that jets tight end situation, uh, in fantasy, Kirk cousins, um, balling. And I expect him to continue to ball here. Uh, Jets have allowed 30-plus points in two of the last three weeks. Top 14 fantasy finishes to uh, four of their last five quarterbacks faced. Uh, Tremaine Johnson has been out. Buster Screen has been out. They lost Marcus May to thumb surgery or to a broken thumb uh, last week. Uh, Jets are just middling to worse uh, in pass rush. Uh, 16th in quarterback hit rate, 19th in sacks. Um, so I think that Kirk Cousins is a locked-in fantasy starter, and I think that Stefan Diggs bounces back this week, and as you, as you mentioned at the top, Adam Thielen, I mean, what an animal. Um, like a, a legit top-five receiver in the NFL. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could even dispute that. And, and, you know, the Jets have been, as we talked about every week, the Jets just get torched in, in the slot every single week um and last week it was um chester rogers uh who had four for 55 in a touchdown uh but he should have had way way more and just kept dropping balls uh he had 10 targets you know i think that adam Thielen deserves to be one of the highest owned wide receivers in daily fantasy for week seven kyle rudolph um Last two weeks, you know, the, the Vikings played the Eagles and the Cardinals, and they have two of the best pass rushes in the NFL. So Kyle Rudolph's routes were way down the last two weeks. Um, Average 28 routes per game. Uh, in the first four games, he had 44 and a half routes per game. Uh, and as I mentioned, the, the Jets' pass rush is not as good. So I think that we will see him run more route he'll be freed up to run more routes this week still just a low end tight end one uh but i think that he is a good play we can move on to the next one oh okay. uh, sorry the, the running back situation i just do not know if dalvin cook is going to play this week but tavius murray was great i mean this was the first game where we saw the vikings with a running game at all i think that when dalvin cook does come back latavius murray 
has clearly earned a role. We, we can move on. Sorry. No problem. Let's get to Carolina and the Eagles in Philly. Eagles kind of looked the best they have all year last Thursday against the Giants. They've got some injury yep. questions, though, with Jason Peters and Sidney Jones. Carolina is coming in after a slow start against the Redskins. They kind of you know, came back late, but wasn't enough to get the win. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz now uh, three straight top 13 fantasy results um, just in, with a, a, a consistent upward trend. Um, you know, the week before he started running a little bit more. Uh, I thought that that was promising. And then last week he made some of those, you know, as Greg Cosell calls them, the second reaction plays uh, where, you know, he's improvising and making plays outside the pocket. I think that he is real, real close to 2017 form, or at least he, he's clearly on the fast track there. And now they're coming off the long week. Uh, so uh, very optimistic about Carson Wentz. Uh, he also has a 30 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio at home in his career, 27 to 13 on the road. Certainly not a bad touchdown to interception ratio on the road, but better at home as most quarterbacks are. Um, you mentioned the Jason Peters. I, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, and that is a concern, but it helps that the Panthers are not getting after the quarterback. Eighth fewest sacks, fifth lowest quarterback hit rate. Um, and Carson Wentz has taken way too many hits over the last month. Uh, so, you know, facing this uh, weak Panthers pass rush, I think, uh, is good news for him. No idea what to say about the backfield because, you know, is Darren Sproles going to play? Um, you know, Wendell Smallwood played more snaps last week, but Corey Clement was better in fantasy. Uh, I mean, Wendell Smallwood played 62% of the snaps. Corey Clement played 38%. Wendell Smallwood, 11 red zone snaps. Uh, Corey Clement, five red zone snaps. Yet Corey Clement ends up with a far better fantasy game. You know, this is this is welcome to fantasy football. Um, Alshon Jeffrey has been really outstanding uh, in two of the three games so far. The Panthers do have in James Bradbury, uh, who goes six one to eleven, uh, a big big cornerback who can theoretically match up uh, with Alshon. But Alshon getting a ton of targets nine eight twelve uh, since coming back from shoulder surgery. Uh, he looks great out there, and um, I expect him to have another productive game. Um, Zach Ertz, three touchdowns in his last two, uh, nine targets or more in six of six games. Um, I mean, he's just balling, you know, maybe the best route-running tight end uh, in the NFL. Um, teams targeting tight ends against the Panthers. 25 of 33, 76% for 279 yards and three touchdowns um, over the last month. So great matchup, great player, great volume. You know, he's a DFS locked in starter, uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, Al or, I'm sorry, Nelson Aguilar. He has been the roller coaster uh, in four starts so far with Carson Wentz, 5 12. And then four, and then five targets. Um, he's only gone over fifty yards once. 
Uh, and the way that he did it uh, was with one big play uh, in that uh, Giants game. So he has, has reached the point of being like a, a, a shaky, unreliable wide receiver three. You do look at the slot receivers, though, that have faced the Panthers. You know, Tyler Boyd had six for 132 and a touchdown. Sterling Shepard, 75 yards. Cole Beasley, 73 yards. The matchup is not imposing. Uh, but Nelson Aguilar's usage uh, has become has very much been thrown into flux. Dallas Goddard, um, number of pass routes just way down since Alshon came back. Only ran 12 routes last week, one target. Can't use him. Jordan Matthews, two, three, one, and three targets in four games. Certainly can't use him. On the other side, I'm a little concerned about Cam. This week, um, you know, one thing that especially Warren Sharp has pointed out is that has this tendency when early in games, if he starts to get frustrated and or hit a lot, um, you can really get him off his game. And the Eagles lead the NFL in quarterback hit rate by nearly 5% uh, over runner-ups. Um, they have, uh, over their last three, one thing I've noticed is that uh, the Eagles have been much better defensively at home. Um, and I think that they have a good game here from a fantasy standpoint, and I'm a little concerned here about Cam Newton. Um, he did get Greg Olson back last week, and Greg Olson was a full-time player, four catches for 48 yards. That's like a tight end one in this really um, – weak at this really weak fantasy tight end position. Um, and I think that Greg Olson should be teed up with confidence. Devin Funches though, has the best matchup, you know, always the receivers have the best matchup against the Eagles and Devin Funches. I mean, he had, he's becoming like a grown man. You know, he came out of Michigan as a really young dude with a lot of room for improvement. Uh, and he has made that improvement. Um, and you know, he's getting the, the usage, the, the red zone usage, the air yards, uh, the, the, you know, the target volume, uh, all of that is there for him. Even with Olsen back last week, Devin Funches remained the number one. Uh, and I think that he is a locked in wide receiver too in this great matchup. Uh, the matchups usually are not good for running backs against the Eagles, we did, we did just see Saquon Barkley rip them uh, apart in week six. Now, I don't think that Christian McCaffrey is as talented as Saquon Barkley, but uh, he can be used in similar ways. Uh, and the Eagles have given up a ton of catches uh, to opposing running backs. Um, so, and, you know, th- this, like, Christian McCaffrey has played 196 of 198 offensive snaps over the last three weeks. So uh, getting a lot, a lot of work. Uh, So, and CJ Anderson did not even touch the ball uh, last week against Washington. So, you know, not a, not really a great matchup on paper, but Christian McCaffrey is going to be getting the ball a lot. Uh, DJ Moore starting to play more, you know, uh, but still not playing as much as we need him to in fantasy 
20 routes last week. Uh, he played only four, uh, 45% of the snaps, and he lost two fumbles, uh, one on a punt return. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm a little concerned that he might go back to losing playing time. They weeded Curtis Samuel out of the offense, strangely, uh, after he gave them a big-time touchdown the, the week before on, like, a 25-yard catch-and-run. Curtis Samuel was nowhere to be found uh, last week. Uh, but, you know, that's a, a route, an avenue that they could take to, to reduce D.J. Moore's usage if they think that that's warranted after he's, you know, turning the ball over in the game. Uh, we can move on to the next one. The next one's the last one. It's the Browns and Baker Mayfield sluggish game for them last week offensively going against Jameis Winston and the Mike Smithless Bucks. Yeah, uh, Jameis Winston did exactly as expected last week. You know, we were super, super high on him, and he was the quarterback one overall. Um, he did still fumble twice. He threw uh, two interceptions, and he's still getting used to you know playing in Todd Monken's offense. Um, you know, he, this is his first year as a play caller, but I mean, he has had su- sustained success now, dating back to last season over his last six starts. Uh, Jameis Winston has completed 68% of his passes, 8.8 yards per attempt, 13 to 7 touchdown interception ratio with another touchdown on the ground, uh, averaging 330 passing yards per game and 19 rushing yards uh, per game. You know, the the Browns have been really stellar uh, in terms of pass defense this year. Um, In terms of like fantasy results allowed to quarterbacks and you know, just basic real life, you know, quote unquote real life uh, uh, metrics. I mean, they, they really check every box, but man, I think that we got to keep rolling with Jameis here, um, regardless of matchup. And this game uh, certainly has shootout potential. It's got one of the biggest uh, totals on the slate. Uh, Peyton Barber, you know, the, the Bucks come back from their week five bye. Peyton Barber, um, 17 touches, Ronald Jones only four. Peyton Barber played 62% of the snaps. That's his most playing time since week two. Uh, The Browns have not been good in run defense. 4.7 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. Seven rushing TDs allowed to opposing running backs in six games. Um, So, you know, Peyton Barber has been up and down to uh, be kind, but... Man, I think that this is a spot where we can use him with relative confidence at home, favor, plus matchup, um, getting the usage. So, uh, At receiver, Chris Godwin uh, had the best box score fantasy line, 6 for 56 and a touchdown among the Bucks receivers. Jameis really spread it out last week in his first uh, start. Uh, Chris Godwin had nine targets, but... You know, his, his overall, like his, his uh, core usage really did not change uh, 50% of the snaps uh, and ran 26 routes, which was fourth among their wide receivers. Mike Evans ran 44 routes, Adam Humphreys 41, Deshaun Jackson 29, Chris Godwin 26. So I think that he's going to continue to be a touchdown or bust guy. Now, he has produced in spite of being that to this point. Uh, he's only aver- he's averaging under fewer y- uh, under 50 yards per game, 
but he has scored in four of five games. But when he does not score, and we saw this against the Bears in week four, he is going to hurt you. So uh, he is a fairly risky wide receiver three uh, flex option against the Browns. Deshaun Jackson, uh, 77 scoreless yards last week, but, man, he dominated air yards, 180. Uh, Jameis really went out of his way to try to target uh, Deshaun Jackson. They still are working on um, their communication, I think, their chemistry. Uh, One of uh, uh, Jameis's deep targets to Deshaun Jackson was picked off by uh, DeMonte KZ in the game. Uh, but, I mean, man, that 180 air, air yards is, is real, real hot for a dude uh, of Deshaun Jackson's big playability. Nine targets tied Chris Godwin for the team lead. I'm looking to, to play him where I can this week, uh, D-Jax. Um, I think that the Browns will stick Denzel Ward on Mike Evans. Um, I don't think it's it's certain. No, it's possible that they stick him on D-Jax, actually. Um, but Denzel Ward has been fantastic, uh, held John Brown below 60 yards on 14 targets in week five. And then last week held Keenan Allen, uh, to 62 scoreless yards. Um, he is Denzel Ward is five eleven one eighty three. That was maybe the biggest knock on him coming out of college. Well, one of them was that he only had two interceptions in his college career, but the other one was that he only weighed a hundred. 83 pounds and Mike Evans is friggin' 6'5, 231. So he's got like a 50 pound size advantage on this little rookie. Um, so I'm not really going to try to overthink it. I think that a bigger concern is that Mike Evans just really has not been heavily targeted by Jameis Winston. Um, but I think that the, the, you know, it's a very, very small sample that we're looking at here. I mean, six quarters of Jameis Winston. And I've seen a lot of concern on, on, uh, on Twitter uh, regarding Mike Evans uh, maybe losing fantasy value with Jameis at quarterback. But, man, this team is going to be in shootouts all year long. Um, so I think that Mike Evans is actually in a pretty good buy-low situation. O.J. Howard, um, this dude is just like – he's like Gumby. Um, he is – you know, he has this MCL sprain – and he plays in spite of it, uh, and he is awesome in the game. Four targets, four catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he is number six among all NFL tight ends in uh, yards per game. And that puts him in position. I mean, he's got to be a fantasy starter every week in that kind of position. Even if you look at you know his targets, two four, eight, three, four. I mean, that's not great, but he's been just wildly efficient going back to last season. He's, he's truly a beast, and he's only going to get healthier. Uh, and the Browns lost Joe Schobert last week. Um, people may not know who he is. He, is an, he plays every single snap in the Browns' defense. He was a pro bowler last year, um, and that's going to hurt their tight end coverage. Uh, so I think that O.J. Howard can be started with confidence. Cameron Brait, of course, teases us with an early uh, touchdown last week, um, beats Devondre, Devondre Campbell of the Falcons for a 15-yard score, his only target of the game, plays 33% of the snaps. 
You know, he's going to need O.J. Howard to get hurt and miss time to be a bankable fantasy starter. Baker Mayfield on the other side starts the uh, first leg of this uh, great, great, great run uh, that we discussed last week of optimal matchups um, against this Buccaneers defense is getting up the most points per game in the NFL, most yards per play. So bad, as you mentioned, that they had to fire their defensive coordinator. They replaced him with linebackers coach Mark Duffner, who came up under Mike Smith uh, with the Jaguars. And so, you know, it's kind of difficult to, like, project significant change. Uh, and it looks like the Bucks might be without Gerald McCoy this week due to a calf injury. Uh, so Baker Mayfield, matchup-based fantasy starter. Dude just needs his receivers to catch the ball, you know. Everybody has been getting in on this. You know, it's Ben Njoku has been at fault. Jarvis Landry has been at fault. Antonio Callaway has been the most at fault. Uh, Damian Ratley last week dropped a touchdown. Um, you know, so that has really hurt Baker Mayfield's fantasy bottom line. Um, I, I think that the Browns can get more positive variants, though, here. And this, this game has a high-scoring potential for sure. Carlos Hyde. Um, outsnapped in back-to-back games by Duke Johnson. Uh, Duke Johnson still has not gone over six touches in a single game, but last week he had 109 total yards on six touches. Friggin' Nick Chubb is out here averaging 10.8 yards per carry. Uh, you pull out his longest run, which was a 63-yard touchdown, uh, he's still averaging 7.3 yards per carry. So, you know, as someone who has Carlos Hyde in a lot of fantasy leagues, um, I'm pretty concerned that his his involvement is going to continue to go down. Uh, last week he had 14 carries, no targets in the game. Bucks have been good in run defense, 3.5 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. Carlos Hyde is a touchdown RB, a touchdown dependent RB two slash flex. Duke Johnson is a low floor PPR specific flex and. Nick Chubb, unfortunately, not even close to usable yet, uh, but absolutely worth stashing. Uh, in the passing game, I think that this game has a chance to be David Njoku's blow-up. Uh, you just look at him uh, with corresponding uh, to Baker Mayfield's three starts. Uh, so far, David Njoku led the team in catches in the first one, led the team in targets in the second one, led the team in catches and targets last week now faces this abysmal Buccaneers defense. Uh, I think that David Njoku is going to happen this week. Jarvis Landry uh, has not been uh, efficient at all uh, with Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback. You have to remember Baker Mayfield didn't get any first-team reps uh, in practice during training camp, OTAs, anything. You know, Nothing in the preseason except for that brief moment where Tyrod Taylor uh, injured his arm and Baker had to come in, but then Tyrod came back in. Um, you know, you look at the slot receivers that have faced the Buccaneers. I mean, Michael Thomas uh, played a ton of routes or ran a ton of routes in the slot, and that week one game just went nuts against the Bucs. Juju Smith-Schuster, 116 yards. Nelson Aguilar, 8 for 88 and a touchdown. Muhammad Sanu last week got hurt, uh, but he still had 2 for 46 and a touchdown. All that bodes well. For Jarvis Landry, who still leads the team in targets, 
uh, when you are just looking at uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, distribution. Damian Ratley jumps in, 88% of the snaps last week, 6 for 82, leads the team in receiving. It looks like Rashard Higgins is going to miss another game. Damian Ratley on the wide receiver four radar for sure uh, in the best-case scenario matchup for a wide receiver. Antonio Callaway, I mean, what a, what, what a disaster. Like He plays 97% of the snaps last week. He gets 10 targets, 9 yards, drops a 40-yard touchdown bomb, uh, gets shadowed by Casey Hayward. Uh, so this week, I mean, he's going to have a much, much better matchup. And, um, I mean, they can't really go away from him because they don't, they ran out of guys. Uh, so he is, uh, again, he's very much a wide receiver for like Damian Ratley. The, the talent is undeniable. It's just executing on the field has been a consistent problem for him. Uh, and that takes care of that. Good stuff, Evan. I love it. That is all of the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, as well as my game across the pond, as well as the Thursday nighter. Looking forward to being over there for Chargers-Titans. Also looking forward to letting you guys know one of the final words for the phrase that pays. Manana. That's Spanish, Evan, for tomorrow. He's at Evan Silva on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL will be giving you one of the final two words for the free Madden giveaway this week. The phrase that pays. You got to listen to all of the podcasts that I at least host. College Draft with Fran Duffy. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast, of course. Even Money with Steve Fezzik, which we'll post a little bit later today as well as tomorrow's edition of the Fantasy Feast. Please send in any emails you guys ever have with questions after you take advantage of any of our sponsors. Apple Podcast rankings and comments, always very much appreciated. Other than that, I'm stuffed, but I do have a little bit more room for dessert, and that is, as always, the late games on Sunday and Monday night's game for the part two of the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. Let's do it. It'll post in your app shortly after midnight. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.